welcome everybody. Good to see you. Welcome to River Glen. Great to be together with you. River Glen is one church, but we meet in multiple locations, and we want to welcome everybody here in Waukesha. And a big welcome to those of you in Pewaukee and those of you online, wherever you might be. Great to have you with us. Great to be together with you. Today we're beginning this new series. It's actually a series on prayer. And so I thought it might be fitting uh, to begin this series by praying. And so before we dive in, before I dive in, let's take a moment and I'd like to lead us in prayer. God, we know that um, everything that we have comes from you. It's warm building, warm cars to drive today. God, thank you for the gift of one more day. I'm just grateful to gather here with friends and, and family uh, today and pray that you'd give us ears to hear, but God, give us hearts to understand and the courage to live differently. God, make us more aware of your presence at work right, right now here in our midst. And God, would you just do something incredible through this uh, new series that we begin today. We thank you and we love you and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to begin with a question. I wonder, do you have something in your life right now that you're concerned about? And not just concerned about something big, I mean something really big, something mountain-sized big, something so big that when you think about it, you step back, maybe you gasp, and you think, wow. Maybe for you, it's a, a relational mountain. Maybe you're married, and your relationship, your, your marriage has experienced more difficulty than you ever thought that it would. Or maybe it's a friendship that went from rock solid to just completely broken. Maybe it's a relationship with a parent that feels so strained that you don't know what to do with it right now. Or maybe your mountain's not uh, relational. Maybe it's a work-related mountain, and you're just so overwhelmed right now with your job. You're not even sure you're going to be able to go in to work tomorrow. Or maybe you, maybe you don't have a job, and you keep looking and looking and interviewing and interviewing, and, and nothing has happened. Or maybe you walk in here today, and you feel overwhelmed with a financial mountain. You just got this mountain of debt and bills, and these bills just keep coming month after month after month, and bill after bill after bill. Or maybe for you, it's a physical mountain. Maybe you, maybe somebody that you love recently received some frightening news, a frightening report from a, a doctor. Or perhaps you would say it's a spiritual mountain for you. You find yourself with more and more questions and doubts. Maybe you just feel lost trying to understand God's will for your life. But uh, some of you might be uh, sitting here thinking, no, Ben, I don't have any of that. I don't have any concerns. I don't have any mountains. I don't have any problems. Maybe for you, you know, your greatest concern today is uh, will the Green Bay Packers make the playoffs uh, next year? And uh, maybe that's what some of you are concerned about. And if that's you, maybe we should have you raise your hand so we can just kind of all marvel, you know, at your life. Because uh, the rest of us here, you know, the rest of us humans have problems uh, we've got mountains, and whatever that mountain might be, I get it. I understand. I've got mountains I struggle with, and when I think about my mountain, it makes me feel powerless because there's nothing I can do. I can't, I, I, I can't move it. I can't go you know, around it. I can't go over it. I can't go uh, through it. We all face problems that make us feel powerless because we can't just seem to do anything about it. So let me ask again, is there anything that you're concerned about, anything big in your life, any mountain in your life right now that you don't know what to do with. And then let me ask a follow-up question. Are you praying about it? Not have you prayed about it. Are you praying about it right now? Because if you're anything like me, when it comes to those big concerns in my life, I spend, I have this tendency to spend way too much time complaining 
or worrying about them. If, if I were to compare, you know, the amount of time I tend to spend uh, worrying, stressing, complaining about a mountain, it, it often far outweighs the amount of time I actually take that problem before God in, in prayer. Maybe some of you can, can relate. Now, now, why is that? Why is this imbalance present in so many of our lives? Why do we avoid prayer? I can think of several reasons why we don't pray. Most of them we probably don't say out loud, but we keep them in the back of our minds. For example, here's, here's one reason. Maybe, maybe we think, I've prayed before and nothing happened. You ever felt that way? You know, I prayed hard. I prayed often. And my friends still won't talk to me. I still didn't get that job I prayed for. My loved one still passed away. I tried prayer, but nothing happened. No, thank you. I felt that way before. And when we pray and nothing seems to happen, it makes prayer really difficult for us. Or here's another one. Maybe we think, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm not sure I really believe in the power of prayer. Now, you know, we know prayer is part of the overall Christian package, but it is mysterious. I mean, how can, how can words I say actually change anything or maybe it's a belief deep down that even if I do pray I don't know if God's got the power or 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 if he cares enough I'd really do anything about it and if we don't believe in the power of prayer it makes prayer very difficult for us or we might think God's got more important things to do than answer my prayer sure my mountain seems big to me but you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem big to God. I mean, we live in this world that's full of brokenness and violence and war and, and hunger. God's got bigger prayers to hear than mine. And if we don't think our mountain matters to God, it makes prayer very difficult for us. I think it's easy to forget that prayer is an invitation. God has given you an invitation to prayer. In other words, you're not like an unwanted guest in God's house. You ever have a friend uh, over to your house and, uh, you know, they don't get the hint that the night is, is over. You know, don't point to anybody in, in, in the uh, room here. But, uh, you know, maybe you've got a friend like this and it's getting late. And, you know, you get tired and your eyes start shutting because you're getting uh, sleepy. But they're like, no, let's talk about other things. And so, you know, you get the vacuum out. You're vacuuming around them, you know. And they're like, let's talk about other stuff. But you just can't. We don't say it out loud, but I think a lot of us feel that way in our relationship with God. God, I don't want to bother you. I know you got a lot of other things going on. I mean, you're the king of the universe, right? But we need to remember first and foremost that prayer is an invitation that God extends to every one of us. God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants you to tell him about your mountain. He cares about your mountain. There's a lot of reasons why we don't pray. But today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge everybody to take all those reasons, all those excuses, and set them aside. Or step over them and experience prayer in a new and different way as we trust our mountain-moving God. I want to begin our, our series by looking at a story that is found in, in, in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. It's the first book in the uh, New Testament. And we're going to take a look at chapter 17. Let me set the stage for you. This is a story about a man who has a mountain-sized problem. You know, look at what it says here in verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus, and he knelt before him. And look what he says. Lord, have mercy on my son, he says. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, Jesus, 
but they could not heal him. And so this man brings his, his mountain-sized problem to Jesus. Now, I think it's kind of easy with stories like this to just kind of glaze over the human side because we, we have a tendency to think we know where this is going to go. But let's enter the pain of this father for a moment, even if you're not a parent. I mean, can you imagine, you know, watching your child suffer from uncontrollable, painful, uh, violent seizures? I mean, what kind of anguish would you feel watching a, a child suffer in that way? This father feels distraught. This father feels desperate. And so he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And he says, my son has these seizures. I brought them to your disciples. They, they, could, they, tried. they couldn't do anything for him. And so he gets down on his knees and he's, he's begging Jesus, pleading, please, Jesus, help my son. Jesus says, bring the boy to me. And immediately, Jesus recognizes evil at work in the boy's body. A demon is holding this boy captive. Now, prayer is mysterious, but evil is mysterious. Now, I don't necessarily think that, you know, behind every mountain in our lives is a demon. Uh, but evil can work within our mountains to discourage us and crush our spirit and prevent us from really living freely uh, for God. And so they bring a boy before Jesus and Jesus rebukes this demon. He calls it out. And Matthew says, immediately the demon leaves the boy. Jesus releases the boy and heals him. Imagine what this uh, looked like. I mean, this boy is a suffering and pain and anguish. The father weeps uh, openly. Jesus rebukes the demon and instantly changes the boy's life. The father and son, they must feel thrilled, right? They are jumping for joy. I mean, they're doing the happy dance. But the disciples feel confused. And they actually, they pull Jesus aside. They say, hey, Jesus, what's up with this? I mean, why could you heal him and we couldn't? Why could you do this and we couldn't do it? Here's how Jesus responds. He says, teachable moment here. And he says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. And then just to reemphasize this point, Jesus says, nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus says to them, and I think he says to us, that if you have faith, you can move mountains. And uh, he's not talking about some giant size, overconfident uh, type of faith. He's talking about faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, I don't know if you don't know what a mustard seed looks like. We've got a picture here. Uh, it, it's a very tiny seed. There it is on the end of a fingertip. It, it, it's a tiny little seed. Even the smallest amount of faith can move a, a mountain. But here's what we have to understand. The, the, the faith that you and I have, no matter how much or how little, it is powerful, not because of anything having to do with you or, or me. The reason our faith has power is because we have faith in a mountain-moving God. Think about it this way. It's not the strength of our faith that matters the most, but the object. And so faith is not just positive thinking. It's not just wishful thinking. It is trust and confidence in, in our God who is so powerful he can do the impossible. It's like choosing to sit in a chair. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you believe in the chair. You're sitting in a chair right now. It doesn't matter how much you believe in it ultimately. It matters how strong is that chair. Can it hold me up? Can it hold my weight? Here's another way to look at it. It's not about mustering faith. It's about mustard seed faith. 
Because God wants to work through your faith. And so it's your responsibility to put your faith and trust in him and allow him to accomplish his will in your life. And prayer helps us do that. Prayer sets faith in in motion. But here's here's what happens. Sometimes we hear a message like this. We hear a talk like this. And we walk out of here and we think to ourselves, all right, I just need to try harder. I need to white knuckle it. You ever leave, you ever leave church feeling that way? I just need to do better. And sometimes that's definitely part of it. You know, maybe we need to put more effort, more energy into an idea, into a plan. But Jesus says you can just start with a small faith step. Actually trusting and taking me at my word. Actually believing I am who I say I am and I will do what I say I can, I can do. Just start with that. Start with a mustard seed of faith and watch it grow and, and, and take over. It's interesting in a different account of the same story. If we uh, were to look at Mark's uh, gospel, Jesus responds when the disciples ask him, why couldn't we drive out this demon? Take a look at what what, he, what Jesus says here, it's in Mark chapter 9. He says, this kind, of, this, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. He's referring to the specific demon uh, that he drove out of that, that boy, that he cast out of that boy. I didn't realize there were different categories of uh, demons. And this particular kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Maybe some of you are wondering, you know, what is fasting? Fasting means that you go without food for a period of time. Maybe you go for a meal, you skip one meal. Maybe you go without food for a day. And it helps create space in our lives for faith and trust and dependence on God. We actually have a bunch of people in our church getting ready to, uh, to try prayer and fasting. We had uh, almost 300 people uh, sign up for Rooted. Maybe some of you are in a uh, Rooted group. And in a few weeks, uh, the people in Rooted are going to experience prayer and uh, fasting, but maybe you want to try it uh, too, because some of our mountains will only move through prayer and fasting. If you want to find out more about fasting, some friends of ours put together a handout, and we printed it off. It's available at the Welcome Center. You can also go to our, our website and, uh, and download it and uh, print it off. But maybe some of you are thinking, all right, Ben, so you're saying that prayer motivates faith and trust and dependence on God But there's no guarantee how God's going to respond to prayer. So why bother to pray at all? That's a good question. You know, I've I've asked that question. Why bother to pray at all? I want to give you two reasons. Here's the first reason. First, because prayer actually does move God. Prayer doesn't change God's character. I mean, God's character never changes. God is and always will be all-powerful, all-knowing, and completely good. But there's something about prayer that activates God's power in our, in our lives. In prayer, we come before God with our most intimate desires and longings, and we share them and entrust them to, to him. We put before God our dreams, our hopes, not just for ourselves, but for our family, our church, our community, our world. And then we continue practicing faith by trusting God with the results. We don't always know when or how God will move But we trust and we know that he will move. We see prayer move God throughout the history of his people. For example, in the Old Testament of the Bible, the prophet Elijah prayed for it to stop raining. And boom, it stopped raining for three and a half years. 
We read about King Hezekiah laying ill and sick on his deathbed, but he prayed and God gave him 15 more years of life. We read about Daniel in this pit with hungry lions and, and he prayed and, and God closed the mouths of those lions that were meant to devour him. In the New Testament, we read about the prayers of a Roman soldier by the name of, of Cornelius. Countless numbers of people find and follow Jesus as a result of his prayers. And then we read about Jesus praying for Lazarus. Lazarus died three days early, earlier. Jesus prayed and boom, Lazarus walks out of a stone cold tomb. God responds to the prayers of his people. When our prayers go up, God's power comes down. Author Ian Bounds writes, prayer projects faith on God and God in the world. Only God can move mountains. Look at this. But faith and prayer, they move God. We, had a, uh, we encountered a mountain recently in our family. Just out of nowhere, all of a sudden this mountain pops up. A few weeks ago, I got a phone call early, early in the morning. It was a Tuesday morning from my sister-in-law in California. And she told me that my uh, older brother had a stroke that morning. They rushed him to the hospital, and over the next several days, he just got worse. Ended up in, in ICU, couldn't speak or swallow or use his, his right side. They, they put in a feeding tube, and, and uh, uh, he, uh, um, he, he, he developed an infection in his lungs, some pneumonia, and they ended up putting in a, a breathing tube. And uh, my sister-in-law called me right before church a few weeks ago, and through tears, I mean, she said, Ben, I'm afraid of the news next time I call you. And uh, we started bracing for the worst. That evening, I came over here. I gave a message in the Better Together uh, series. And uh, maybe you remember this, this, this message if you were here. I had, I had everybody take out your phone and, and turn on your phone. And I had my phone out, but I didn't turn it on because I was afraid I might get that phone call during the service. It looked really bad. But we prayed. Our family, our friends, the prayer team uh, prayed uh, for him. And he still has a long road ahead of him, but he has made just amazing and dramatic improvement. They moved him out of the hospital into rehab. He's talking, he's eating and laughing and, and planning to go home in a couple of weeks. We're grateful for, for, for prayers. Now, maybe his brain healed on its own, that's possible, or maybe... God heard the prayers and responded and moved a mountain that just seemed impossible to us. Prayer moves God. Uh, but not only does prayer move God, prayer moves me. Prayer moves you. Do you know that prayer is good for you physically? It's, it's good for you emotionally. In his book, How God Changes Your Brain, leading neuroscientist Andrew Newberg says that not only do prayer and uh, spiritual practices uh, reduce stress and anxiety, but just 12 minutes of uh, meditation a day. He says it can actually slow down the aging uh, process. Uh, anybody want to slow down, you know, the aging uh, process? Think about that. The next time you don't feel like praying, uh, you not praying might cost you some life, right? It's amazing to me that what God has already invited us to do would have such a positive effect on our physical bodies right here and right now. One of Jesus' closest friends, the Apostle John, believed so much in the power of prayer to change us uh, that he wrote these words. Uh, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's amazing right there. The God of the universe hears us when we pray. And in the original language, the word for hear means more than he just acknowledges our prayer. He listens to every single word. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Here's what John is saying to us. He's saying that over time, prayer moves us. It changes us. It gives us confidence and, and boldness because we share our longings, our desires, and our dreams with God. And we trust more and more that God really has our best interest in mind. Now, some of us might push back and say, but that verse says I'm supposed to pray according to God's will. Doesn't that take the joy and the fun out of the promise that we get whatever we ask God for? I would say no. I would say no, because I can look back over my life, and I bet you can look back over your life and feel gratitude that God didn't say yes to some of your prayers. I mean, maybe you prayed for God to give you a certain job, and he didn't. And now you look back, and you know that would not have been a good fit for you. Maybe you prayed for God to give you a certain relationship, and you look back now, and you are so grateful that he didn't. We look back on those times, it didn't seem like God answered a prayer. And we recognize with gratitude that he looked out for our best interest. God took a long view for our lives and for him and for his kingdom. And it gives us confidence and boldness. Eugene Peterson writes it this way, only in prayer can we escape the distortions and constrictions of the self and enter the truth and the expansiveness of God. Prayer has a way of moving us and refining us and growing us into the people that God created us uh, to be. So let's go back to where we started. Let's go back to that question I asked in the very beginning. Do you have anything in your life that you're concerned about right now? I mean, anything big, you know, in your life, anything mountain-sized big that you don't know what to, to, to do with? When you came in, you were handed a card that uh, looks, looks like this right here. Would you go ahead and do me a favor and just grab that and... Uh, uh, take that out. I want everybody to have one of these. So if, if for some reason you didn't get one, uh, just go ahead and raise your hand. We've got some ushers around the room, and uh, they'll, they'll give one of these uh, to you. Here's the challenge today. I want you, I want, I want everyone to write down your mountain. Okay? Write it down. Wh- whether it's a relational mountain or a spiritual mountain, or a physical mountain, or a financial mountain, or work-related uh, mountain, what, whatever it is. What, what is that mountain that, that, that makes you uh, fearful and creates doubt for you? And maybe, or maybe you just avoid it. You just try to avoid it altogether. I want you to write it down twice. This is actually two cards. They're perforated in the middle. I want you to write it down in the top card and then write it down again on the bottom card. And it can be a word, it can be a phrase, it can be a picture, a a symbol. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to commit together as a church for the rest of this series, for the next 21 days, to pray every single day for this mountain. Okay? Here's what we're doing. We're saying, I'm not content anymore to let worry and complaining far outweigh how much I actually go before God and pray about this mountain. That changes today. After you write it down, I want you to just tear it in two. It's perforated. And I want you to, uh, I want you to take one of those cards and you keep that, okay? You keep that. And you put that somewhere to remind you to pray about your mountain every single day 
for the next uh, 21 uh, days. And, and then in a couple of minutes when we celebrate communion, I'm going to invite you to take this other card and, uh, and, and come down front. See the mountains here? And we've got pins. And uh, you can see how other people from last night have already pinned their prayers on the mountain. I want you to pin your prayer on one of these mountains. Now, some of you, here's what some of you might be thinking. Okay, Ben, I don't know if I want to do this because I've prayed about this before and it didn't do anything. Well, let me ask you, if you knew that God would take care of your mountain in the next 21 days, would you make a commitment to pray about it? Absolutely. Of course. Everybody would say that it's worth it. I can't, I can't predict how God will respond. But I know we have a, a God who wants to work powerfully in, in your life and in mine. And he invites you to pray for your mountain uh, to move. And so I'm going to encourage you, go ahead and write it down. Write it down on both of their cards. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to share communion. Our communion's open to anyone who follows Jesus, anyone who says yes to Jesus. But we're going to do communion differently uh, today. We're going to invite you during this next song to come up to the front, pin your card on, on one of the mountains, and then we've got communion stations on both sides of the mountains, okay? And we've also got several communion stations along the back of the lower level uh, here. Uh, make your way over to one of the communion stations. Take your communion cups, return to your seat, and take communion. We want to remember how Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice to move our biggest mountain. On the night before he died, Jesus went to the garden to pray. He knew the torture that he would face. He knew the pain and humiliation that he would endure. And it, and it says he went to this garden and he prayed with such intensity that he sweat drops of blood. Here's what he prayed. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus faced the worst day of his life. And so he prayed and he asked the Father to remove it. But he said, not my will, your will be done. And God's will was done. Jesus gave his life. And that night, a mountain moved. A big mountain moved, the biggest mountain, so that you and I could have a relationship with God. We could have a personal relationship with God. And so today and every weekend, we remember his sacrifice. We eat the bread, which represents his body, and we drink the, the juice, which represents his shed blood. And so during this next song, we invite you to, to bring your card up front, pin it on the mountain, and then head over to one of the communion stations. We've got several. Take your communion cups, return to your seats, and then take communion, remembering that Jesus said there's a connection between mountains and prayer. What would it look like? Imagine a year from now, we could, we could sit together in this room and tell stories about how God moved our mountain, maybe in surprising ways, maybe in miraculous uh, ways. Let's, let's boldly go to God and ask him to do what only he can do because he's invited us to pray. Let me go ahead and pray for us before we uh, enter a time of communion. God, we come before you and we, just, we, have, we have a bunch of mountains in this room, hundreds of mountains in this room. And God, these, these mountains seem really big and, and, and frightening to us. But we have faith in you. We know that you are a mountain-moving God. God, give us the ability to have even the smallest, tiniest seed of faith to bring these things before you. Not because we've got the uh, capability, but we believe you do. And God, the reason we know that you have the power is because you created a pathway for us through Jesus who 
accepted death on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. That the mountain that separates us from you was completely obliterated with Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. And so, Father, we come before you believing in you and your power to answer our prayers. But, God, just as Jesus said, we say to you, we also say, not our will, but your will be done. And we give this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.